This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter again, 1 Peter chapter 1, we'll pick up in verse 10. We have a great privilege that we live on this side of the cross. We have a great privilege. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk in our culture today about privilege, isn't there? Uh, maybe you've heard it on the news or in, in um, um, the television shows that you watch or something, talking about privilege and talking about privilege as, as if having privilege is a bad thing, right? Well, um, we have a privilege here that... Uh, Peter is telling us about that we ought to praise God for, along with all the other things that we praise Him for. We've got, we have had uh, the Father chose us. Amen? We ought, to, we ought to praise Him because God chose us. The Father chose us. And we ought to praise Him because the Spirit opened up our eyes and caused us to live. Amen? Praise Him. We ought to praise Him because Jesus has sprinkled us with His blood and washed us clean from all of our sins. Amen? We praise Him for that. We Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We praise Him because He's caused us to be born again. Amen. Amen. He's caused us to be born again. We're new people. We're new creations in Christ. uh, and, And He has a hope and a future that's imperishable and undefiled that's waiting for us. So... We ought to praise Him. Amen. Right. And He holds us in His hands. He holds us in His hands. When we think we just can't go on any longer, He holds us. Amen. And we rejoice in suffering. We rejoice in the midst of suffering because as we suffer, as we go through persecutions and trials and tribulations, He is refining us like gold, making us more like Jesus. And He tests our faith so that when we go through the fires, we get through to the other side, we know I'm saved. I'm really saved. Boy, I may have had some doubts before I went through the persecution, but... Now that I've been through it and I know I still love Jesus, I don't have any doubts any longer. Amen? All those reasons are reasons we ought to praise Him. And today we're going to talk about how we praise Him because of our privilege of revelation. Privilege of the position we stand in after the cross. Let's look at our text beginning in verse 10. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were not serving, serving not themselves, but you in things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we love you. And we thank you that you have, you have come and died for us. We stay, thank you that we stand on this side of the cross and we can see the glorious plan that you had throughout all the ages. 
Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to obey and to praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Concerning this salvation. What salvation is that talking about? Well, it's what we've been talking about all the last couple of sermons I've been here with you, right? We've already kind of done this review uh, concerning this salvation. It's, it's about those things that the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully. We know this because of, of Jesus coming and dying for us. We know because this is what the apostles preached. But it didn't just plop on the scene whenever Jesus came. But this was something that was the plan of God from all of the past. It was something that He had been revealing through the prophets before Jesus ever came. It says the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours this was grace that was to be ours. These Old Testament prophets, these Old Testament prophets were proclaiming, they were prophesying about the grace that was to be ours. They were preaching to us, right? They were letting us know about what was going to happen. They searched and inquired carefully. Inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating. The Old Testament was for us. The Old Testament is all about Jesus. It says here the prophets, but it was more than just the prophets. And when we look at the... Uh, the Old Testament, they, they divided it up into three different parts. The, the, the law, the Torah, and the prophets, and the writings. And the prophets didn't just include Isaiah, Jeremiah, and those writing prophets, but it also included things like First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. The Jewish people call those things the former prophets. We, write, we, we uh, Read about people like Samuel and Elijah and Elisha and all those people. Those people were writing about the grace that was to be ours. Uh, we don't, we don't want to neglect the Old Testament. We don't want to just be um, focusing only on the New Testament and forget the Old Testament because the New Testament tells us that the Old Testament was written for us. All right? You follow me here? Um, so what were they doing? They searched and inquired carefully. What does this mean that, the old, that these prophets searched and inquired carefully? There's two ideas that I think we, we can think about here. One, they knew there was going to be a Messiah that was coming. They knew there was going to be a Messiah coming because God had re revealed that, I think, uh, even to Adam and Eve whenever uh, he, the, the, uh, the fall happened and he, he said that there would one day be a seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. One of these days there would be someone who would come, a descendant of Eve, who would destroy the works of Satan. And so they knew this, and, and as they searched and inquired carefully, I think maybe they prayed and they meditated on that, and they, and they longed that God would just open their eyes and reveal to them what was going to happen. 
But I think also that they had a focus on the Word. So that later prophets, later biblical authors, as they, as they thought about the earlier revelation, they, they meditated on that and they searched and inquired to see what kind of hints can we find within here that, that are going to show us what the Messiah will be like whenever He comes one day. They searched and inquired carefully Inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ was indicating within them. They wanted to know what the Messiah was going to be like. They wanted to know what, what this person was going to be like. What time was it going to be? When, when was, was this one going to come who they longed for with eager expectation? And it tells us here that the Spirit of Christ was the one who was indicating to them. It was the Spirit of Christ that was revealing this to them. Oh, you know, a lot of times we think about what we might call red-letter Christians, right? Where they, they you don't, don't give me any Paul. I want to know what Jesus said, right? Don't give me any, any, any of the apostles. Don't give me any of the Old Testament. I just want what Jesus said. Give me the red letters, right? Well, here this text tells us that it was the Spirit of Christ that was indicating within those Old Testament prophets. The Spirit of God, uh, the Spirit of Christ was the one who was, who was inspiring those Old Testament writers. You wanted a red letter Bible? Paint them all red. Paint them all red. It's all the words of Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus the, and God inspired the authors of Scripture, both Old and New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation. It tells us they were predicting the sufferings of Christ and his subsequent glories. Let's think about these different parts of the Old Testament. The law. What in the law, what in the Torah was it that, that pointed towards Christ? As I've already mentioned, that we have, we have the promise of the seed of the woman that would come, but also we have the story, the, the, the blessing to Abraham. God told Abraham he would have descendants as many as the, the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Um, and he said that uh, through him... All nations would be blessed. All the families of the earth would be blessed. It was through Jesus, through that descendant of Abraham, that all the families of the earth would be blessed. We see also um, later on the, the, that it's um, through the line of Judah. Uh, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. This is, again, continuing this, this line that leads us forward to Jesus. Um, we see this also um, later on in the, the, the Torah, the, old te- the, the uh, first five books of the Bible. It tells us that there will be a prophet like Moses. Well, we don't consider Moses, the writings, the, 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 uh, the uh, Torah, a, a prophetic literature, do we? Well, Moses was a prophet and he was the one who wrote it. So it was pro- one of these prophets that are, that are writing here. And he wrote about a prophet that would be like him one day. Jesus, who spoke to God face to face, who was God himself. 
And Moses wrote about um, the, the sacrificial system. The whole sacrificial system from uh, having to go and, and, and sacrifice a lamb or a, or a goat or, a, or a, a calf or all these different kinds of animals. And all that pointed towards Jesus and the prophets. We think about the, the, what we think of as the prophets, the former prophets in Samuel. In Samuel... We, see, we, read, we read of a, a, uh, a promise to David that one day he would have a son that would sit on his throne forever. Right? We have a promise that, that David would have a son that would sit on his throne forever. Well, who could that be? It's Jesus! These prophets, they wrote about these things. They searched and inquired about who this might be, when this might happen, but they never got to see it. They never got to see it, but we live in an era where we got to see it. No, we don't live in those days, but we live on this side of the cross. We get to see the big picture, whereas they only saw glimpses. Later on, the, the writing prophets like Isaiah wrote of one who would come, uh, who, who would be that descendant of David, who would be born of a virgin, who, want, who we would call uh, Emmanuel who we would call God with us, who we would call uh, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Almighty God, Everlasting Father. These things we we read about in the prophets. And we also read in Isaiah of one who who would be the suffering servant. One who, by His stripes, we would be healed. One who, the iniquity of us all, was laid upon Him. These things we read in about the sufferings of Christ. We read in Micah, another prophet, of how the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And we read all over the prophets things that point to Christ, that point to the fact that He would one day come. These prophets who... I mean, who could be closer in the Old Testament to God than a prophet? God spoke to them. God revealed things to themselves. But we stand in a position that's even greater than those prophets. Right? We stand in a position that's greater than those prophets. They, they got to see glimpses of glory, but we got to see the fact we know we live on this side of the cross and we know that Jesus suffered and bled and died for us and that He rose again and that He ascended into heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of God and He's coming again one day. We see the bigger picture what they only had glimpses of. And in the writings, the Psalms, we think of... Um, Psalm 22, where David cried out, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Those very words that Jesus wrote were said upon the cross. All parts of the Old Testament point towards Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The whole Bible is about Jesus. Amen? It tells us, They were searching and inquiring when He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. Jesus' favorite term to use when He talked about Himself in Matthew, Mark, Luke was the Son of Man. The Son of Man. The Son of Man came not to... to, uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But He referred to Himself the Son of Man. The Son of Man. 
Where does this word, where does this phrase come from, the Son of Man? But from Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel has a vision. Daniel has a vision of one like the Son of Man. And he was presented before the Ancient of Days. And the Ancient of Days gave to the Son of Man a kingdom and power and dominion that would never pass away. The prophets prophesied of both the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories about how Jesus would raise from the dead and He would have a kingdom that would never end. When He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. And the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news. The prophets were told, this isn't just for you. Or this isn't just for them. They're times. The prophets didn't write just about what was going on with Assyria and Babylon and all the things that were going on in those times. They, it was revealed to them, here it tells us. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, not just their generation, but us. We think of an example of that and we can think of Daniel towards the later part of the book of Daniel. Daniel has another vision and it's very mysterious to him. He doesn't understand it and he asks, uh, I believe he asks an angel, when will these things be? What is this all about? And the angel tells him, seal these things up because it's for latter days. It was revealed to him. It was not for him in his days, but it was revealed for later times. It was revealed that it was there for us. We live in a great, great time of privilege. Even the prophets, the closest people to God we can think of in the Old Testament, they got glimpses, but they didn't understand what we can know because we live on this side of the cross. Then, these things that have been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. What did the first disciples preach from? They didn't yet have the Gospels. They didn't yet have the uh, epistles. Well, they walked with Jesus. They knew the stories that, that from uh, their experience with Him but they also preached from the Old Testament, right? Peter, on the day of Pentecost, his ser- if you look at his sermon on the day of Pentecost, he, he talks about how it was the Son of David who finally came. If you, if you look, examine his sermon on the day of Pentecost, you'll see that he's talking about, uh, he, he, he portrays all the Old Testament history all finally coming to a conclusion when Jesus finally came. The son of David, the blessing of Abraham, finally came. We think of the Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. What was it that converted the Ethiopian eunuch? But reading, by his stripes we are healed. The iniquity of us all was laid on him. He was reading from Isaiah 53. What uh, was a mystery to them we see in much, much more clarity. We see in a position of privilege. By the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. 
Oh, this is even greater. If it's not enough that we have a better position than the prophets, here he's telling us we have a better position than even the angels. Right? Things into which angels long to look. There's two things that come to mind here. First of all, you can just think of the drama of salvation all playing out through all of Old Testament history. And the angels, they're not omniscient. They don't know everything. And, and they're looking down and seeing the whole story play out. And, they, and they're just biting their nails, just thinking, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, we know, we know you, you've, you've, God has shown that He's going to send a Messiah, but how is this going to... And the angels long to look into it. But they, even they didn't, didn't anticipate how it was all going to turn out. And also, Jesus didn't die for the angels, right? Jesus didn't die for the angels. We stand in a greater position than even the angels. There were angels that fell at the fall. Well, you know, we think of, of even Satan himself, who was once an angel of light, right? He may be the worst, famed wor- first worship leader in heaven who wanted worship for himself, and then he fell. And other angels with him. Jesus didn't die for them. But human beings who God created in his own image, God sent his son and became one of us, lived a sinless life, and died in our place. These are things even the angels couldn't experience. And we stand in a greater position than that. Think about that. That ought to cause us to praise Him. Amen? That ought to cause us to praise Him. We stand in a better position than the prophets. We stand in a better position than even the angels because we live on this side of the cross. We can say, I've been redeemed. We can say, I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. We ought to praise Him. God planned our salvation. The Spirit awakened us, opened our eyes, brought us new life. Jesus' blood covered us from all of our sins. He's caused us to be born again. He's got a future hope for us that we long for in heaven one day. He holds us in His hands. We can rejoice in suffering and we stand in a better position than even the prophets and even the angels. That ought to cause us to praise Him.